Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Niagara again, our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. As always, thank you for being um, part of this journey that I embarked on back in 2021, I think. Uh, it's kind of the highlight of my week, and I really enjoy and appreciate all the compliments and, and suggestions and um the respect that you guys have shown um, myself and, and, and this program, and, and it's been fun, even though I'm not treating anybody out there, um, at least being a source of uh, hopefully good information, and at least that's the feedback that you guys are giving me. So um, <clears throat> just so a, a heartfelt appreciation, and uh, trying to work on coordinating times with you guys um, in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. We're trying to figure out the time differences so we can meet over FaceTime or Zoom. Of course, there's Julie right on time. Uh, so she might, I think she's going to pop in. So I think there were a few things she wanted to say. But uh, <clears throat> I, again, I do this program organically, but I've been more systematic as, a, as our followers have grown exponentially. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics from what I was gonna talk about today because I woke up this morning and someone had texted me if I could talk about emotional abuse and I said yeah so, all right so this is a this is probably a non clinical episode but I think it's definitely one that if you are involved in the mental health field, you will definitely come across this in the patients that you work with. If you are an individual, whether you are a victim of emotional abuse or know someone who is, um, probably a lot of the stuff I'm going to say may seem very familiar, but um, it is a crucial um, area in, in mental health. And I think that the, if I remember the text correctly, um, the person had grown up with a parent who had a personality disorder. Now, as kids, what do we know about personality disorders? Nothing. We just operate under the guise of the premise that how our parents are treating us is shaping our self-esteem. Shaping our view of ourselves, other people, the world around us, hence our personalities. And, you know, the human condition is an interesting one because um, there are people who've been through myriad uh, abusive situations and relationships and have come out unscathed, um, perhaps stronger as a result of it. Um, there's people who have been forever scarred, but I think when those early messages, um, if, you know, we talk about a, operating from the premise that a parent, uh, who may have narcissistic personality disorder, uh, borderline personality disorder, yes, they will definitely impact the development of the sense of self and the psyche, but how that manifests and the trajectory it takes is really an individualized uh, experience. But emotional abuse, and I've worked with enough people over the years, and, and I, I, I'm talking from a clinical perspective because I'm very fortunate that I have not 
suffered emotional abuse. Um, but I've worked with enough people that I believe I have the requisite knowledge to speak because I've heard the stories many, many, many times. Um, so as I'm doing my intake, I'm asking individuals about a history of abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, verbal, mental. And when you get to the emotional part, um, that part tends to elicit, at least from my experience, if the person has been subject to it, that is part of their history, that tends to elicit a much, um, say obvious, a much, um, you can see it, uh, becoming tearful or uh, reticent even to share details. And I don't know if you know someone has a history of trauma, and 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 I'm, I'm saying don't equate being abused with PTSD. You PTSD can be the result, or acute acute stress disorder can be results of being a victim of abuse, but it is not correlation. Doesn't uh, causation does. Correlation is not equal causation, um, but I, I I don't get too deep because I'm gathering facts as a diagnostician and neuropsychologist. That is more of a question I'll ask, like where the person's at in their therapy if they're discussing this. Um, sometimes, if it's so blatant that these experiences are definitely impacting them, I would certainly suggest that they consider uh, at least coming up with a plan with their provider in terms of when they will address this. So because emotional abuse, uh, and again, I'm generalizing here, is very passive. It doesn't have overt signs. And I, I, Julie could probably say the same thing. I have had more patients tell me, I rather he or she just hit me because I could cover up the bruise. I could wear a turtleneck in the summer and pretend I have a cold, but I can't unring the bells that I've heard. And I'm not talking about getting into a fight and we say things that are stupid. <coughs> we say things that are mean, you know, to our partners or our friendships. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, when somebody is filled with venom and they, their goal is to put you down to the point where you become, you start to believe it. You know, the, the, the non-clinical term is gaslighting. But if you hear something enough times, especially by somebody who holds some significant value in your life, a parent, a caregiver, a partner, a sibling, maybe a coworker, um, I th- you know, those bells are very un- very hard to ring. And, and in a society that we live in that is... Uh, plagued by social media and social comparison, uh, the sense of self is even more fragile now than I think it was probably 15, 20 years ago because our lives are not private and people have access to our, our lives, the pictures that we, that, that we post and the um, images that we, we, we choose to share with the world or our, our friend groups or, or whatever, depending on whatever industry or position that you're in. But emotional abuse can be detrimental to the point where it could lead to suicidal thoughts. It could lead to a suicide attempt. It could lead to self-injurious behaviors. Early on childhood emotional abuse can certainly lead to the development of a personality disorder. Borderline personality being a perfect example. 
Does that mean every person who has borderline has a history of emo- being emotionally abused? Absolutely not. But it's a pretty significant common denominator in my working with patients over the you know last however many years. But you know the emotional abuse. Um, you know, if you take the Freudian concept, you know that we, you know, boys marry their mothers and women marry their fathers, and the Electra complex and the Oedipus complex. Uh, but I think I think Freud had some some insight into this because if we grow up and we see a parental figure and we are indoctrinated into how we're passive recipients of how they're treating us, it kind of makes sense that, you know, unless that information is um, contradicted at, you know, hopefully by another parent or by, you know, someone else in the, in the person's, you know, life to say, hey, that, that, that's not right. That's, that's, that's not, not healthy. You don't, you, don't, you don't talk like that. But I think if you, if you, if you hear those messages early on, uh, it, you know, it's, it makes sense why people would pick partners that have um, characteristics similar to those of their parents. Uh, again, I'm not saying Freud was right, but I do think there's, there's some, probably some, some validity to it. You know, uh, as a prologue to one of his songs, uh, Bruce Springsteen had said, that what he realized is that most of us are in the same relationship throughout our lives. The only thing that changes is the face and the name of the person we wake up next to. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, if we look at our past, you know, dating relationships, uh, healthy, unhealthy, you know, good, bad, right, wrong, indifferent, uh, I think we can find a lot of similarities uh, in terms of the type of people. And, and everybody has a type, uh, you know, size or, you know, gender or, you know, body image. I mean, it's, it's really a universal, um, you know, pretty more of an idiosyncratic thing. Um, but I know from working with people who've been victims of emotional abuse, uh, those messages are almost fused with their sense of self. And there's a rejection and almost a, of, of anything contra dictory to that positive affirmation stuff like that because the self-esteem is so depleted and i've mentioned this in other episodes the self-fulfilling prophecy if you tell somebody something enough times good bad right or wrong you, you praise the child to the nth degree that they can do no wrong they're on a pedestal you're pushing them towards narcissism if you if if if, if you live this crazy unpredictable life and, and childhood that's so chaotic and you're in and out of foster care and you know mom and dad are alcoholics and drug addicts or whatever you're pushing that person towards borderline, and I know I may kind of be simplistic here it's more complicated, but you know emotional abuse is is is, is toxic, and you know you can't unring bells but I think you know if you're in a situation one of the one of the fundamental mistakes that all of us make, myself included, is we make the assumption that what other people say or think about us is true. I've mentioned this in the episodes of on borderline personality. The quote by Abraham Maslow is, learning to become independent of the good opinions of other people. That's easier said than done. But uh, definitely um, 
a necessary battle that somebody has to fight in you know not not in the literal sense but internally the, these competing messages of you know the you know the imagine the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other and the devil is always much louder and it and, and it, it affirms um the sense of self, and sometimes emotional abuse can be very blatant. It's just just name calling, calling a woman or a man is, you know, a horrible name. Um, and abusers generally have the intention of being abusive. Now, uh, a lot of times, again, I'm generalizing. Often have a history of of witness witnessing this, and this is this is how dad treated mom, and this is how grandpa treated grandma, and it kind of goes down the line. That that that's that's explanation. That's not justification. Uh, and you know, doing couples therapy with with someone who is abusive is pretty tough. Um, and it's not, you know, there's movies that have been made about this. I think there was one with the one with Jennifer Lopez, um, enough, but that was nothing more physical abuse. But you know, abuse in and of itself, especially the emotional type, is is. You know, and I've had patients say, you know, he's, he, you know, he or she says this, but when we're out, people love them. They, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're charming. They're whatever. Yeah, and that's why you know you don't want to, you know, live in a bubble that whatever you see on social media that people have these perfect lies because you don't know what goes behind goes on behind closed doors. And I could tell you, as the person who does hears the story about what goes behind closed doors, there's a huge discrepancy between the lives these individuals are portraying and the lives these in, individuals are are living and leading. <clears throat> so, you know, emotional abuse can be passive in the sense of, um, you know, an eye roll. You know, very it can be something subtle, like you know, you walk out of the bathroom and your husband kind of gives you an eye roll, like you're really aware of that. Um, other times, it can be very uh, obvious in terms of it doesn't always have to be yelling and screaming; it can just be putting somebody down to a point where they've just internalized this and have embodied it, and it now becomes the basically the you know. Basically, the the entirety and totality of, of who they are. So, earlyhood, early childhood messages are crucial and gone unchecked. It makes sense why people will will go down a certain trajectory. And, and a lot of times, these relationships, uh, even though they're, they're they're so highly emotionally charged, there's definitely personality components going on in these in these abusive relationships. There there are. Um, but you know, getting out of it again from working with people, they will verbally state, "Yes, I know." But and you know, my kind of mentality and you know, doing cognitive therapy is whatever anybody says. But I basically tell them whatever you said up until that point, or use however, although everything before that, those that those words negate it. It's like you're a nice guy, but I just want to be friends. You know, those 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 words are just there to kind of soften. <laughs> Soften the blow, and um, you know, it, you know, there's abuse hotlines. Um, there's, you know, there, there, there's better women's shelters. Um, I know, at least in the United States, in the more industrialized countries, but because it's so passive, I don't think there's a crime. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's a crime for being verbally abusive. Um, and but you know, emotional and mental abuse, if you can step back. 
and 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 I know this is easier said than done in a, in a you know thirty plus minute podcast. But if you can step back and and evaluate if you're in the situation, or if you can evaluate if you are in a situation where you are know somebody who's in this type of predicament, um, telling them to simply leave that's not going to happen. Most people that I've worked with, I think the vast majority that I've worked with, they they know that they're being in an abusive relationship and their past history has proven they've chosen the same person or same type of person over and over again. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. But we gravitate towards what is familiar. That is part of our, our, our nature because it's familiar and it's predictable, but that does not mean and does not correlate with being right. And all of us have a right to a safe environment. All of us have a right to a safe and healthy relationship. Can we undo the things our parents have done, have said, family members, childhood? No. There is no way to go back in time. And that is one of the beauties of time. And one of the beauties of the past is that is where it remains, in the ether of time. The only way that it can impact you is if you perseverate on it if you just re- over-rehearse these words and these messages and play them over and over and over again. And this is, this is something that, you know, you, this is where you need therapy. You need an objective person to say, you know what? Hey, let's take a step back. Uh, and I've worked with people who, I said a lot of people know that, that they're in an abusive relationship. We're not, and I've told people, uh, you realize that's abuse, and I've had a lot of people also minimize it. Well, no, this really wasn't. He didn't mean it. Whether that was, you know, you know, generational stuff. If it was something more more recent, um, because the fear of being alone, if you've been beaten down, is much scarier, I think, than packing a bag and leaving. You know that that that's kind of the Hollywood. Uh, you know, more of a romantic sense of it, but you know, emotional abuse. Uh, it, it, it will, it will, it will suck the life out of an individual unless they're willing to do something to change it. And, and there is treatment for that. Are you going to be able to get that person to stop? I mean, maybe in couples therapy, there's possibilities are always endless, but you know, the most important thing is if, if you are in the situation, you Please believe that you do have a right, even if you don't know how or where to go, that you have a right to not be treated in that capacity, that you have a right to be in a relationship that's healthy and and you feel safe, but you're going to most likely need therapy, possibly medication. Uh, And again, I'm not talking about just couples who bicker or fight and do this or do that, Um, but I'm just talking about from the perspective of, you know, Reaching out and and if you're in a relationship, confiding in your friends, uh, sometimes it takes building up enough courage. Uh, other times it takes you know some drastic measures. Um, so it really it really runs the entire gamut. Julie, do you want to pop on? Oh, you were walking sure. by. So I'm gonna, all right. We'll let Julie pop in for a second. <clears throat> Don't hover. Hi. Uh, hope everyone is um, doing well this week. This uh, this topic is, um, I feel like it's a tough one for me. Um, I definitely have uh, submerged from um, relationships um, that have been um, unhealthy uh, and abusive. 
And so I know firsthand. Um, but what I do want to also say is I think for partners, domestic partners, if, if you know, whether you're gay or straight, you know, male or female, or wh- however you identify yourself, if you get into a financial situation where you're completely financially dependent upon another person, um, that can be a trap. And, and sometimes I feel like when we're working with our clients, um, I am very um, amazed at how we think we know people. And sometimes it takes years and years before we realize that they aren't the people that we thought they were. Um, people who are financially dependent are scared and they feel like they can't survive. Let's talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like basic needs. You know, you need to, you need shelter, you need food, you need water, throw kids in the mix, you know, and then you have dependence and then you have, so, but I also want to say too, there are people out there that are abusive people. Then there are people who have mental health issues that come off as being abusive and their behavior can be abusive. I've worked with people who have bipolar disorder who during a manic episode um, or a mixed episode become very irritable and agitated and can be very, very angry and aggressive, um, verbally especially, but also can be physically aggressive, meaning they could throw something, you know, that, that's scary stuff for most of us. Um, another thing also is, um, people who have PTSD. I've worked with a lot of people who have served in the armed forces, um, and have developed PTSD and their reaction to situations looks like abuse. Um, and it's really about something else. Um, so it's very important when you're working with clients to really have a good understanding of what they're, what they're bringing into the room, the, 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 the questions that you ask to get a proper history. Um, people who have been abused are very protective of their abuser. Um, sometimes it takes six or seven times uh, at the rodeo before someone is able to leave. Um, there are very, I, I know that there are wonderful advocates usually at courthouses to correct Corey. Um, when someone verbally threatens your life, that is against the law. Um, that is when you can typically get a restraining order. Um, so we have clients that, uh, have, you know, had domestic violence issues and have had to um, rely on, you know, having, um, you know, the police step in. If someone violates a restraining order, then they get arrested. There's also, so I've touched upon financial um, abuse too. Um, There is financial abuse, like I said, anyone who is in a relationship with someone and when someone is holding that over someone's head and also mistreating them, knowing full well that they're not going to run away and that there is no place for that person to go. So yes, there are people out in the world too that are abusive. They're, they, they have mean spirits, uh, they're not kindred, and they can do a lot of damage. 
It doesn't mean that you have to come from a disturbed home environment. I think the risk is is that if you are subjected to, let's say, parents with issues, um, you know, whether it's substance or alcohol abuse or whether it's mental health issues that are not treated or stabilized or personality disorders, that, that then the climate is rife for a child to hail from that environment with issues in how they interpret the world. And yes, you being used to bells and whistles and what, what we think is normal as we grow up. That being said, I, the abuser is a predator. So if you can think about it in terms of predatory, they're looking for people who are vulnerable. They're looking for people who are needy, dependent personality types. They're looking for people who are emotionally needy, borderline personality types. They're also looking for people who are innocent and who are just very, um, what is it? Not innocent, but just uh, they could have had the a perfect upbringing. Um, the difference, I think, though, is is how deep are you in that relationship? Um, is it are you in kids deep? Are you in you have a house together deep? Are you renting and have a lease deep? You know, like those kinds of things. Are you on a phone plan with a person? I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. It's the the how we are connected to somebody who may be abusive and how to um, get out of a situation that is abusive. Um, I think that, you know, it is, um, no one should feel unsafe. You know, we all have rights to feel safe. Anyway, I could go on and on about this topic. I don't specialize in it, and I certainly wouldn't um, purport to saying that I do. I've just worked with people over the years and I've seen people get out of abusive relationships and lead normal lives and happier lives, which is a wonderful thing to see. Um, I think having a good therapist can be a very profound experience in helping people to kind of come to terms with what they want in their lives and whether or not they're ready to make a big change in their lives. Um, so, and I think always ask um, your healthcare providers. So healthcare providers screen for abuse. Your primary carers do it all the time. Um, they, they're screening in uh, emergency rooms. Um, they screen for elder abuse and child abuse. Um, and also um, domestic abuse. So they're screening all the time, including, you know, not just primary care. I don't know if cardiology does, but I know that, um, you know, obstetricians and gynecologists do um, as well. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, if you pay attention to the questions that they're asking um, and what, what is the line, um, I think that it's worth looking into, like I said, um, I think the holistic psychologist, I know I tout her, um, but I feel like she is very good at um, describing what abuse is and taking it to a whole other level where you can really kind of, uh, you can read her book, 
You can watch her Instagram. I think she has a podcast or something. I don't listen to her podcast. But it really gives specific examples of different types of abuse, like uh, fawning, uh, obviously gaslighting, um, but all these different variations of what a toxic relationship is and how to identify one and then how to adapt in the world having been in one or raised by people and how to adapt and to become the person you were meant to be. Um, and I think that that's kind of her primary goal. But it really defines boundaries, very specific boundaries. And I think I, I find it very helpful. I think that a lot of people find it very helpful. And I recommend her a lot to my trauma survivors and, you know, to um, anyone who has struggled um, with unhealthy boundaries and toxic relationships. So uh, I do want to set this aside for a second. Um, I know that I have been like really driving um, this home with the this um, wild beauty spirit and Ashley Avis. I, you know, it's a nonprofit org organization, but I am just asking you if you wouldn't, if you can, um, I'm not asking you to donate any money, um, but right now is when the uh, helicopter roundups start and they brought uh, Ashley Avis and her little community um, to fight for horses rights, wild horses rights in the western part of the United States. Um, the I stand with wild horses. Uh, they have, like I said, they've brought it to Congress. Um, nothing's changed yet, but this is the time where legislation, where we have a window of time. This is very close to my heart. I don't need to explain why. It just truly is. I'm just asking. It's so easy. If you go on Instagram, go to Wild Beauty Spirit. That is Ashley Avis's nonprofit organization to help bring the law back to help the horses. On it, you click on www.istandwithwildhorses.com. It brings you right to a page where you can say, what can I do? Click on that, support the legislation, write your name, your address, gives a postal code, the state, and your email. You don't have to give your phone. Hit next. When you hit next, it will show you, it will already have in, in your note to your local legislators. So they've set this up to be foolproof. Um, I, I'm asking you to do this. You can go on the computer and do it. You don't have to do it through Instagram. Instagram is easy. Um, it's already, uh, the note is already generated. So you don't even have to really write anything. It's really just say, please pass this act to protect wild horses. That's it. Um, and just it will show you who your representatives are in, in your local area. So you're not making phone calls. You're not writing letters. This is very quick. And then you hit it and, you, and it's done. I just am asking you if you wouldn't mind if you could do this. It, it takes literally two minutes. And I'm not asking you to make donations. If you feel comfortable with this, I would appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to me. God bless you all. We love you. And um, we look forward to speaking to you next week. 
um, please feel free to reach out to us for you know with any questions you have like we say we're not don't leave us um, messages on Instagram um, uh, we do get DM'd on Instagram but um, any if you if you not feeling safe you know dial 911 and go to the emergency room um, we are not here treating anyone we are just providing education hope hopefully hope guidance and a community that is safe um, for all Thank you for that, Julie. Uh, I know the horses are very um, important to her, but uh, it kind of ties into our topic, which, you know, ironically, emotional abuse. Um, so abuse doesn't, you know, pertains to humans, animals, all all different species. And, and um, believe you have rights. Uh, talk to your therapist. Talk to your clinician. Uh, build a community. Um, reach out. And like Julie said, anytime you feel that you are unsafe, always go to your local emergency room. So I know this is a broad topic. I'm sure we will revisit it at some points because it is pervasive throughout mental health. Uh, but until that time, uh, feel free to reach out to me at through Psychology Today. You can email me directly at psychologyunplugged at outlook.com. Uh, you can even contact me directly, 617-750-9411, East Coast Standard Time in the United States. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be safe. All right, bye, guys.